up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. I'm here alongside D-Boy once again. What's going on, D-Boy? What's good, man? I'm excited to be back. Oh, yeah, all is well. Um, Before we dig into a lot, because it's a lot to dig into, believe me when I say that, um, I want to start off by saying this is a ThatCast podcast. We are a part of ThatCast podcast network. Be sure to go to ThatCast.com. Check us out. Check out the rest of the lineup there. Um, we're also on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. You name it, we got it. But be sure to check out that cast and whatever streaming network pretty much that you please. Also, we have merchandise. We do have merchandise for sale on wakeupandwin.com. That's wakeup, the letter N, win.com. Be sure to go check that out too. Get you some swag. The holidays are here and near. We got Thanksgiving coming pretty soon. Go and, get that. And that means it's Christmas time, which also means it's the new year. All that good stuff. But matter of fact, we got Halloween coming next week. So y'all know once we get to Halloween, the year is pretty much done. Come on now. But yeah, go ahead and get you some swag. It's the best part of the, the year website. if you ask me. It though. is. Uh, it. I'm a summer guy. Man, it'd be cracking in the end of the year. I'm a summer guy. I'll be honest with Halloween you. Halloween giving miss. And in the new year. <laughs> and then my birthday too, if it's we want to just add a little sauce to it. It's cracking. But anywho, <clears throat> I prefer I prefer I prefer the summertime. I like okay. the sun. I like being at the beach. I like hanging out in the sun. I like day drinking, quite frankly. I like okay. that too. Okay. Um but no, that's a lot that I like about the summer. And I think since I was born in the winter, like I said, being born in January, I'm born in the winter time. You know, you got to start off in the house a little bit when you're first right, born. Right, so when right. I finally got exposed to the world, I think the sun was shining a little right, bit. Right. So that's kind of my theory as to why I'm a summer well, my guy. My theory is I like giving and I like getting. And that happened <laughs> on Christmas. You know what I'm saying? And I like eating. So that's Thanksgiving. I, yeah, you know what that, I mean? That, that, Halloween I could miss me because I, I don't like candy. But, you know what I mean? I hear you. I hear I'm you. At. But let's dig into a little bit of content real fast because it's been an amazing first week in the NBA. I've enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure you thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been some real good basketball, a lot of talent. You know, it's been excitement around the league really all year long because yeah, the league fun. Has, I love this. The I league love is pretty much decoded how to be the best league in the world. And that too, NBA season. It's NBA it, season. Man, yeah, that but that's what I'm saying. The league is pretty much decoded how to run the world when it comes to being the best league. But anywho, I don't want to <laughs> sit here and give you regular NBA analysis. I want to hold myself accountable this that basketball season. Right. This basketball season, I really want to hold myself accountable because many of you know I'm a basketball guy. Basketball is my favorite sport. If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me refer to this sport many a times and its prestige and its current status and where it stands. And you might have heard me even, you know, talk a little bit about the NFL and the process and use the NBA as an example as to why it's the best league. But as it comes to this podcast, I want to give you all my predictions. I wasn't able to be here last week. Went back home to California. A good friend of mine got married. I was out of town. We didn't record an episode last week. But what I did do while I was off air, off the mic, all that good stuff, I did go and make my early season predictions as to what I foresee this coming season, awards that I think athletes will get, what I see coming this year. I went and made some predictions. So if you follow me on social media. And I piggybacked and did the same thing. For sure, for sure. If you follow me on social media, Pounce underscore Sation on Twitter and on Instagram, and just type my name in on Facebook, you might have seen some of the predictions that I made this year. So the way we're going to hold ourselves, definitely me holding myself accountable throughout this NBA season is we'll talk about these pre- pre- these predictions. Right. And I'm basically going to tell you all where all those predictions stand now that we are a week into the seasons. Periodically, we'll come back to these predictions. Periodically, we'll see, am I right? Am I wrong? Am I on? Am I off? Am I close? Am I far? All that good stuff. But since we didn't get to come on the podcast and actually talk about the predictions last week, 
I'm going to briefly mention my predictions to you, and I'll follow up by saying where those predictions stand currently at the moment. So the first award that I'm going to start off with is the MVP award. Now, if you weren't able to go see on my social media, I posted that the MVP this year would be Kawhi Leonard. Wrong. E not sure if you agree with that or not. Wrong. Now I do know you agree, disagree with that. Excuse me. <laughs> I know where you stand now. But <laughs> let me tell you where I'm at after week one. Because my outlook on things are going to change as games are being played, obviously. But I don't think I'm too far off right now. If you look at the Toronto Raptors and what they've been able to do, 4-0 already. Yeah, he been he started off very good. Kawhi, Kawhi's played three out of the four games. He did get some rest at one game, and I don't mind that. It's Kawhi Leonard. We know what he's coming back from, the type of injury that he's been dealing with. But anywho, 20 plus, 20 plus points in all three games. The team is undefeated. They beat the Boston Celtics, the team right now who I would say is the favorite to come out of the East this year. Right. And I think Kawhi Leonard's the best case, the best player in the East. And here's my theory as to why I think Kawhi will win MVP based on him being the best player in the Eastern Conference. The last five seasons. Right. We've had Kevin Durant win an MVP. Mm -hmm. We've had Steph Curry win two MVPs. We had Russell Westbrook win an MVP. You just think it's going east. And we also had James Harden win an MVP. It's about that time for the tide to turn. Nope. I think it's going east this year. Because it's the best player in the league. And the best player in the league is in the West. I get that. I understand that. But if you think about it from this perspective, if we really talk about who's been looked at and known as the best player in the league, it's been LeBron James. And LeBron hasn't won it because he's won it enough times to where, yeah, we'll give it to these other guys who deserved it for sure. Durant deserved it. Curry deserved both that he got. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. He deserved it. We all saw the year that James Harden had last season. Right. He deserved it. So nobody has been not deserving. But one, argue that, one argument that gets made year in and year out is – LeBron's the best player in the league. He should win MVP. LeBron is always finishing in the top five when it comes to MVP votes. So ultimately what I'm saying is there's been a blockage in the Eastern Conference because LeBron has ran that conference. He went to, what, seven straight finals. He's been running that conference for a very long time. We can't give LeBron James MVP every season. Right. So now that LeBron is going out the East. But if he was having you, the best single season, they would give it to him. No, he ain't no, been having the I best disagree. Season. I disagree wholeheartedly. Do you think he's been I having disagree. the best single season? I, I think he's been the best player every season. But has he been having – it's the season. It goes by but, season. But but this we is We know why, who's the best player in the world but right this now. Is why, but that's my point. This is why I disagree with that. I think there's an argument that can be made that LeBron has had the best seasons. His numbers show it. He, he's – He's been, I think, a couple years he did fall off a little bit as far as being a top team in the East. was deserving of it. I, I, I agree, but that don't mean they're the only person that deserved it. The year that Westbrook won it, when he averaged a triple-double, I thought Harden deserved it. And he did, if you look at his numbers, if you look at his team's record that year. He pretty much averaged a triple-double himself, and he scored 30-plus points a game. He did deserve it. He didn't get it due to Russell Westbrook, but anybody who's in that top three probably deserves it if they do win it. So somebody has to get snubbed here when we're talking about the top three best players in the NBA. I right. think LeBron has been in that conversation every year. Now, my point to him now going to the West, his team isn't as good, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Lakers here pretty soon, but his team isn't that good. He's going to be compared – to a lot of other players that are in the conversation of being able to say they're the best player in the league. Kevin Durant, that's one player. You can make an argument for Kevin Durant being the best player in the league. Yeah, because that's my Davis, MVP prediction. Okay, okay, good to know. Anthony Davis, another guy who's probably in the lead, in my opinion. He's putting up MVP numbers. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. He's in the lead right now, in my opinion. Let's not forget a little light-skinned guy in Golden State by the name of Steph Curry. Never I will. think I think he's in second in the race right now today. Him. Never forget him. And then He got a chance every year. He has a chance every year. That's another player. So 
I think LeBron is kind of caught up in the mix of all of these other MVP candidates that are coming out the West, that Kawhi is going to be able to sneak his way in with the season that his team is having, with the perception that he's going to make against, I mean, make towards fans of the NBA and also players who may have thought that he'd fallen off based on the kind of yucky year that he had last year because I wanted to see the man playing ball. So that wasn't a productive year in my opinion. Right, right. But I think he's going to be able to change the perception of that as his team is doing well and as he's playing well and pretty much taking over an Eastern Conference that no longer has LeBron to block him from winning that award in that conference. So that's kind of my theory as to why I think Kawhi will end up getting it this year. Huh, that's your theory, that's but my he theory. won't be. Next but up. I think Anthony Davis. I got Anthony Davis as my defensive player of the year, but I'm starting to think that boy will be the MVP. It's, it's unstoppable. I, I, I hear you on that. So multidimensional. I hear too. you on that. And with that being said, I don't think you're far off as far as Anthony Davis being the defensive player of the year. But because I think he has such an opportunity to win the MVP, MVP award, he, he when I talk about that word perception one again, once again, excuse it me. It takes away, maybe. It takes away from him being able to win that particular award. I agree. I don't think he wins MVP and defensive player of the year. Oh, I know so, he won't do that. Yeah, yeah, but but at this point, he's so high up in the rankings, probably at for the MVP top of the league right now for be, the MVP award, that we won't talk about him being a defensive player of the year this year also doesn't mean he's not talented enough to do it skilled enough to do it we know how good of a player he is on that side of the floor so my prediction on defensive player of the year is Joel Embiid because I think Joel Embiid is a guy who's going to put MVP caliber numbers up but won't be a candidate for the top but he won't be a candidate he won't be a candidate to win the MVP award when the season ends but he deserves something I think the Defensive Player of the Year award, last night he had that crazy game against Blake Griffin. Right. He had three blocks in that game. Um, he had four blocks in a game not too long ago against the Bulls. He had four blocks in that game. He's still putting up crazy numbers. He's rebounding well, averaging a double-double, nearly 30 points a game, double-digit amount of rebounds, and he's going to block shots. And I'll tell you another theory, and you might think I'm a little off here, but I want you to hear me out because I'm going to explain this. Hear me He's gotten posterized this year Mm -hmm. by Jalen Brown. Right. He also got posterized last night. I don't know if you've seen the highlight floating around by Blake Griffin. (laughs) No, I didn't. Blake Griffin scored 50 points on him last night. He had a night. He had a night. Oh, and by the way, Blake Griffin had 50 points, and he's (laughs) on my fantasy basketball team. And so is Joel Embiid, who had like 33 or 35. I had a night yesterday as far as fantasy is concerned. Another conversation for another day. That's just what I do, though. But back to Blake Griffin getting posterized. Although those are – Uh, embarrassing moments and I want to emphasize the word moment because we'll forget about it the very next game although those are embarrassing moments to me those are really good signs that he's giving more effort to the defensive end of the floor agree because as a big man as a shot blocker as somebody who's active on the defensive end of the floor if you think you're going to play in the NBA and not get dunked on Matumbo used to get dunked on the best players the best defenders get dunked on if you're playing at that high of a level and you're not getting dunked Somebody on. Somebody going to catch or you just like you catching other people. Exactly. Or getting posterized. It happens to the best defenders as well. To me, that's, to me, that's a good sign. To me, that's a really good sign for him to be able to win that award. I so, I got Joel Embiid to win it. You got Anthony Davis. Sixth man of the year. I'm giving it to Eric Gordon. Now, we all know the Houston Rockets have gotten off to a crazy start. Not such a good one. one. Not such a good one. We agreed on that one, but they've gotten off to a crazy start. Eric Gordon has a couple 20-plus point games already. The team isn't winning like it should be, but we know about what happened with the scuffle between Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo. Matter of fact, let's pause it there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Stop. Okay. What's your take on that fight? Because we haven't talked about it. So let's dig into that a little bit. What's your take on that fight? My take is I'm fine with how everything happened. I'm not mad at no one particular player. Um, I know it's a competitive sport. I know it got heated. Um, I didn't see the spit. That was the accusation. I didn't see 
anybody get spit on not straight either. directly and i've seen multiple replays in sports over the year where either. you can catch when somebody trying to spit or it, it did spit in somebody's face right it didn't happen like that so as soon as uh rondo got mushed i knew it was it was it was fight time was you feel me? and so that happened uh ingram I'm not being mad. I mean, being where I'm from, I don't, I don't mind it. He came in and you feel me? Tried to tried Ingram. To, Ingram showed his age. You though. feel me? Ingram, like I think in that entire incident, Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo's reason for fighting, it, it, it was valid. Right, and if a you, lot of people don't agree with me up to that point. I don't mind what uh, Ingram did. You feel I, me? I think I think was, he was already frustrated yeah. i think he was going through some stuff already yeah. and i think that he was like man i'm, I'm in it you feel me i'm yeah. willing to go to war yeah. with my team yeah i'm not mad at lebron grabbing chris paul I'm not either. i heard a lot of that I'm so not either. overall heated incident obviously everybody gonna have a different opinion but i say it's suspensions was fair take it what I it agree. is Keep I agree. Going. Yeah, I, I just think Ingram was really the only person in the wrong in that situation. And a lot of people just because just because of, like I said, his age showed how young he was showed. Yeah. And I'm talking beyond just him throwing the punch. I'm talking Harden had him frustrated. I think anybody yeah, playing against, in the back, all I think that, anybody I think. playing against Chris Paul was going to be was, frustrated. I feel he like was Ingram was in it already. His though. Head it's was not young. like he came from. His like, head was not, out of it. He though. was already in it. Yeah. yeah, his head. He was in it, but his head wasn't. His head was out of it already. That's hey. why I say it was wrong, but I'm not mad. I'm yeah. here for yeah. it. Don't get me wrong. I watched it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not it mad. Was, it was great for Keep the game. Keep it locked, folks, Especially as we continue to give you a winning formula. Nowadays. It's the it Wake Up and Win podcast. I'm here Visit thatcast.com for more great content on Thatcast Network. The only player I'm criticizing is Brandon Ingram. I'm criticizing, I'm criticizing Chris Paul. If it's anybody I do have to criticize, don't put your hand in another man's face like that. Yeah. And, and I feel like we know Chris Paul to be kind of not as uh, innocent as yeah, he may come off to be. Similar to a Derek Fisher. I agree. So, but, but, uh, if you you feel like, but if you feel like you got spit on, nah, you got right to do whatever like, you want. It's like if and, you got really spit on or not. I don't care how mad you is. You no. know if somebody spit talking or if they spit on you on purpose. And we seen the replay. It wasn't no spit on purpose. And he put his hand all the way in that man's face where it touched. And it's over after that. But but did you do you really believe that he didn't spit on purpose is it definitive that he didn't spit on purpose it's definitive I've is it so 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 if so if there was a challenge because this is the way i saw it i didn't definitively see a spit on purpose myself it wasn't but i did but i can't sit here and say that he didn't spit yeah, it wasn't on purpose but but either way if i'm already having problems with problems and with I you and i feel face. spit on my face i'm I would have probably swung before I even mushed him and gave a, gave him a chance to hit me with a overhand right. And a left, sick left. Now, too, now I mean, right? left, excuse me. Sick That's what right. I meant to say was left. Yeah, but right. he hit it. He caught him with a left. Now, Chris Paul did catch him back with sick that left, wild though. uppercut. That that was a right. That yeah, uppercut that, that Chris Paul right, caught yeah. him with. That, that was, was a, a right. It was a fair fight. The only good, unfair punch why, was the Ingram. But was, that's so. why. But that's why I'm not but mad at Chris Paul in that Ingram. situation. I'm. I'm. I'm Everybody's happy. Thank y'all for that. I am too. And the Lakers will do good this season. All right, but back to these predictions, though. I know they won't. Sorry. No shit. But back, but back to these predictions, though. Oh. Um, most improved player. Uh, Caddy. I'm, I'm going, going with Ingram, Caddy. Ingram. No. He the most no. improved fighter, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> he went in two awards this year. Caddy. No, no. Most improved player for me, I got Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets. King I James going to have Ingram looking like a boy out there. I don't think so. I'm sorry. They already hey, starting well, Speaking of that, end. where my Cuddy uh, Kuzma been? I ain't heard Kuzma much. been there. All right. Kuzma I ain't heard been, too he's much been there. about Kuzma. I like Josh Hart a lot, but I'm over them. I was sick and it had been a busy week. Yeah, I didn't catch the NBA I, how I, I wanted I'm, to. I'm over them. But uh, I ain't <laughs> heard too much about Kuzma. Uh, all you heard about Ingram was a fight. I know. So the same goes he'll for be, him. Not right. improved, not most improved player, if you ask me. <laughs> My most right. improved player is Jamal Murray. Um, reason being, uh, coming into the season, I'm just really excited about him. And I also have high expectations for the Denver Nuggets this year. Um, they've got another year of experience. The last couple of seasons, they've been the first team outside of the playoffs in the Western Conference. I think they have more motivation to get there now than ever. 
Um, each guy on our team, they, they were once a young team, still are a pretty young team, but those young guys have been able to get into the fire enough to where now they're young vets in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought Murray was going to come in and have a good year. They still have IT who hasn't touched the floor yet, right? but IT is going to come back, give them a little bit more experience, give them a little bit more firepower, and they – I just think they're going to be really good. Jokic, I think it's going to – Michael Porter Jr., he's still out. We don't know when he's coming back. But that's another added element for me. But as far as Murray is concerned, I think he had a very solid season last year. And with IT being out early this season, I felt that he was going to have to be the guy to show himself in that backcourt as the player coming out of that backcourt. Now, I will say, Denver's undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. Jokic – is an all-star last night Jokic is an all-star last night that was last night Jokic is an all-star at this point and I think he's going to end up being an all-star once February comes around but Murray's been doing all right he's he's had a couple 20-point games which is why I still think he's very well in the mix unfortunately and for the listeners here in Portland y'all are familiar with this name Will Barton got off to a solid start this season but he ended up getting hurt. He's out five to six weeks. Mm. So now for Murray, you got to carry the load a little bit more because somebody who's been averaging 15, 16 points a game early on this season, I got Murray to come do it. But Gary Harris Jr. has been playing well. Their entire team has been playing so good that, like I said, they're undefeated and they're looking like a for-sure playoff team this year. Um, But I think Murray's doing good. He's had a couple games where he was a bit off. I blame that on the early season blues, but he also has had a couple games where I think he proves my point in believing that he's going to be at least a candidate to win that award by the year's end, and his team is doing well enough to help support him in that cause. So I got Jamal Murray winning that award. Rookie of the year, DeAndre Ayton it was for me. Um, And I think there's a little bit of bias there because – I saw Trey Young playing college last season. Um, I saw Bagley playing college last season. I saw Mo Bamba playing college last season. You like Bagley. You mentioned him a few times. I do like like Bagley Bagley. a lot because I watched him play in high school and college. Very impressive, and I think he's going to be a good pro. Terrible organization. Not going to do it. Terrible (laughs) organization, but I think he'll be fine. He's so young that – He's not locked into that. Kings look um, like a real oh, they don't look like they're part of the NBA to they me. Might I'm as well, so sorry to say that. They might as well sign me at it, this it, point. Yeah, it's not good. They might as well sign me. <laughs> Terrible organization. Um, but anywho, with Aiton, I just thought he was the guy coming into the year that was most pro ready. Like Murray, where I think his team is gonna have a decent year this year. I've been feeling the same way about the Phoenix Suns. Um, I look at the Phoenix Suns as what the Houston Rockets were the year before Chris Paul got there. A bit younger, but they brought in Trevor Ariza. They brought in Ryan Anderson, which officially yeah, nice. which officially established them as a shooting team. Um, I thought as far as firepower is concerned, Booker can hold just as much weight as James Harden can, and that's firepower. As far as being a player, Harden is still the better player. He's more right. complete, more well, well-rounded. Booker, yeah. But as far as Booker's firepower and putting up points – you're going to get your 25 out of book, and he can go for an unlimited amount of points as we've seen him go for 71 points already in his young career. So that was kind of my theory there. Aiden can play a similar role to Capella because he's so physically in tune with the NBA already, even at such a young age. I felt like he could play that role. Um, and I still think he's in it. Phoenix – my wildest prediction, I think, this year is that I think Phoenix could be a playoff team. Um, I think they have to be a playoff team for eight and they win this award. But since I was able to kind of step out and make that prediction on Phoenix being a playoff team, I'm going to say that Aiden's going to win the Rookie of the Year award because they can't be a playoff team if he doesn't, in my opinion. He's shown signs that it can happen this year. Um, He had a very good preseason, had a very good first game of the season against Dallas. Then they ran up up against a couple monsters, one of those being the Golden State Warriors, which is self-explanatory. I don't even have to explain that monster. Another one being the Denver Nuggets. They lost to the Nuggets, who's undefeated right now. I already said Jokic is an all-star. At at this point, in my opinion, Jokic is an all-star in the Western Conference. So he's ran up against a couple monsters, and at a young age, that's good for him, and it happens. Early in the season, that's what he's run up against. But for them, for my for my prediction of them being a playoff team to stick, 
Aiden's got to be rookie of the year. So that's what I'm going with. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you carry that one. I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna let you go with the rookie Alrighty. of the year prediction. And then coach of the year, Brad Stevens, just because I think he's a great coach. I'm not even gonna sit here and dig into that and get all <laughs> contextual about it. I just think that he's a great coach. I, I think he I deserved think, it last I year. I think Suns coach because I think that they're gonna have a hell of a year. Yeah, I think that they, they can. They really I can. I think that they are gonna be overlooked early, but by the midseason, it's gonna be. A lot of eyes on them. I agree. And I think it's collective effort uh, with a coach having a huge deal to do with that. So uh, only only problem I have with that is if they do get in, they got to sneak in six, seven, eight. They'll be there. Uh, they don't get in top four, and I feel like I feel like even what? with the improvement that what? your team could have from Suns pretty much being in the same tier as the Sacramento Kings, and y'all already have heard how I feel about them. I feel like... You mean the YMCA Kings? Call it how you see it. I'm not <laughs> mad at how you call it. But however you want to call it, I think the Suns were in that tier and that they can bump up to be a playoff team this year. But in order to win a Coach of the Year award, you got to be a top. You got to okay. be a contender. Okay, so tell opinion, me this. You have tell to me be a, t- tell a me contender this. to tell win that this. award. Because I know this leading to our next transition anyway. Is Golden State Warriors a shoe in to win another championship? Are they? Is it like ninety nine percent? Yes. Ooh. And I didn't want to be cliche and be like, I know it's the NBA, anybody can win, no, no, but no, no, no. no. Yes. is it ninety nine percent? Yes. Why? Steph Curry. Ooh. One Steph man. Curry. Steph Curry. No, it's not one man. We all. No, you saying Kevin that's, Durant. The, that's the X factor? He's got Steph, Steph Curry's Curry. the X factor, and I think with the start that I've seen Steph Curry get off to, Clay'll get hot. KD is going to do KD. Draymond is going to do Draymond. But anytime you're playing against Steph Curry and he's at his best, that's a hard team to beat. I've been been watching watching basketball with you my whole life. And um, a lot of the recent Warriors success, I've heard you credit in the past to be to the Warriors bench. Yeah, they, and they, the Warriors they, bench is non-existent right now. I agree. Now. I agree. So how much do you why do you still feel like you gave the bench and the depth of the team so much credit before and you still think that 99% even with no bench. They picked up KD. I would have traded my bench for KD too. And 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 kind of if you just look at it from a perspective as why they no longer have a bench. They got KD. They were able to pick up KD, sign KD. KD had to get paid some money. Yeah, and I think I told I, you. I'm willing to take that trade as well. And because KD is because KD. Because starting five is a Western along, Conference All-Star team. Yeah. And, they if, and literally if Cousins comes back, that's we don't be, know when he's coming back. But if he could, comes man, back, that's sick. I don't care who your bench yeah. is. I'm picking that five you ten You can pick times them five or, to play <laughs> the starters of the rest of the West, West and they and will win. I'm picking that five ten times out of ten. That Sorry. That's just my outlook on it. Um, But, you know, um, listeners, we do always like to bring in a Portland-centric topic. And since we're already discussing the NBA, and since our guy D-Boy already has what I coined to be um, the theme song for the Portland Trailblazers right now. Official anthem, baby. Shout out to OG1, the official DJ. Indeed. He has DJ OG1, who's the Blazers' official DJ, already endorsing it. I've heard the song in the stadium. They play the song in the stadium every game. I've heard the song on the radio, and last week I saw the song being played by oh, DJ OG1 on the news. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm giving it to you. You hold the anthem. Let's do so it. So with that being said, I'm going to put the ball in your court a little bit and just give me a quick layout on what you see about the Blazers. We're here. They're in our backyard. They're in the league, and they're not playing too bad. Yeah, I really like what I see so far. Um, I've been to uh, a couple of the games early on so far live and obviously tuned in uh, to the ones that I wasn't able to make it to uh, due to being under the weather a little bit. But um, when I was at the Spurs game, the Blazers versus Spurs game, I sat in the DJ booth after the game and I really paid attention and listened to Damian Lillard's post-game interview live uh, in the loudspeakers as the streamers came down and they celebrated the win. And he said something that I heavily agree with. And it was the fact that overall the Blazers are not a new team anymore. And what I mean by that is they ha- the bulk in the core of obviously they two best players, uh, 
Damian Lillard and CJ. and CJ. Right. Even Nurk, I wouldn't consider necessarily. He's been around enough and had enough healthy, you know, gameplay to not be considered new. Um, I think the nucleus of that team has been together at least three to four years. Yeah. And so, uh, with that Pretty being much, said, right, right? And so, I think with that being said, uh, early on, it is a little bit easier for somebody like the Trailblazers to shine. And um, what I mean by that is with a lot of these major teams now, uh, the Pelicans got a new look. We talked about that the other day yeah. when we was watching that game uh, on TV. Uh we know the Warriors obviously got the same initial look, which they are all gelled and have that same team camaraderie right. and chemistry. Um, obviously, the Lakers being in the LeBron's West, we know West. that's a completely new look over there. LeBron's in the West. So, uh, Portland is one of those few teams, I feel like, in the West that has that solid nucleus of three- to four-year people who know each other on, there. Right, on both sides of the floor. Right. And Dame made a, a huge emphasis on both sides of the floor. They know where they're going to be at on offense and defense. They know where people feel comfortable and like to be at. So definitely I'm impressed uh, early on, but taking to what his point was on why that success is there, I heavily agree, and I'm anxious to see how they carry on um, You know, as the season goes along just as well as Obviously, my favorite uh, team, the Lakers, I'm excited to see how that happens if things come together. And my point is proven with Ingram playing better and Kuzma being better along with Brian, or if they uh, completely tank and can't figure it out and continue to do zoo-type things such as what happened, you know, with the Rockets. So, you know, I'm I'm here for all of it, uh, but I'm definitely happy with Rip City. Uh, I'm appreciative of having the anthem and hearing that in front of 20,000 uh, fans Indeed. every home game. And, uh, yeah, I like it. Indeed. Just to piggyback on that a little bit, uh, I think one of the good signs for the Blazers is that they did start off 2-1. and one. They did what they were supposed to do at home, having their first three games at home. Right. Um, and another good thing that I see out of it is C.J. McCollum hasn't started off well. He hasn't been playing well this year. Dame, obviously, he's a star in this league. First team All-NBA, he's certified. CJ, really good player in this league. And he's a guy that he's going to come around. But I mean, early season also, blues, also it can happen, no but he sports, hasn't played well. But knowing but that's sports, good for them because I'm going to be CJ. honest. I'm going to be honest because I agree with you. But knowing sports, and I know you're going to feel me on this comment, from what I've seen from CJ – no, he hasn't been playing necessarily well or up to what we might have predicted so far, which is still early. Right. But being there live for some of those moments, CJ is making plays at the right time that help momentum either sure. shift or boost momentum. That's how good of a player And I'm player talking he is. about with the he stumbled somebody. Uh, you seen the highlight where he stumbled somebody and hit the three and did the whole little dance. You feel me? It's yeah. like. Things like that are still electrifying and really wild the whole stadium, you know. Now, so now I agree with and that. And that's 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 was that's a part of being impactful. It's days where me as a basketball player back in the day, I had horrible games and couldn't throw a grape in the ocean, but I did something at the right time that right. helped a whole momentum. So that matters. Yeah. So I, that's what I kind of get the vibe out of him with. That matters. But now, if I had to talk about the negative on behalf of the Blazers. That matters at home. <clears throat> it matters when you're at home. They're getting ready to start this 10-day road trip. I, the Playing the Lakers, a, a, a newly formed team. Playing the Spurs, who was a newly formed team because they brought in another star like DeMar DeRozan. They lost DeJounte Murray, who I thought was going to be a hell of a player this season. Right. They've done what they were supposed to do at home. Now what happens on the road? Those plays don't matter as much on the road. CJ, you got to play well on the road, which he's very capable of doing. Anyway, Which is why I've seen that as a positive sign for them. I'm not really worried about CJ as ultimately what I'm getting at. But you do still have to go do that on the road. You're getting ready to play some good teams in this stretch. And that's where we start to learn a little bit more about the character of this team, which has many things in its advantage to be able to be a playoff team. But before the season started, I predicted them not to be. I'll did, be quite honest. Did the honest. Blazers under or overachieve from this first uh, three games? They game did what trip. they were supposed to do. Okay, what you expected? They did what they were supposed to do. Two okay. and one, playing against two teams that are fairly new, uh, playing against a Wizards team who is 
kind of in their vicinity when it comes to teams in the NBA, which was a close tight game, but they lost. Could have won it, so they had a chance in that one, but they did what they were supposed to do. Um, But now we're going to take a quick break. Next up, we're going to talk about a few politics that have been surrounding the uh, the NFL. Excuse me. Um, We had to be a little bit lengthy on that segment because we missed last week. We had some catching up to do as far as the NBA is concerned, but we're here. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey on That Cast Podcast Network. Oh, boy. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Ah, we're back, D-Boy. Let's do it, man. Second half. We're back. We're back. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the politics that have been surrounding the NFL um, we haven't been shy in our approach to NFL I'm so politics. I'm tired of I get it. I get it. The politics in the NFL. Yeah. It's got to be covered, but I'm For so sure. sick of it. For sure. And, and, and what we're getting ready to cover, I think, has to be covered as well, and we'll never stop. You might be tired of it, but I actually kind of enjoy it. Really? Yeah, I do kind of enjoy it. What? What? I just have an no, interest in no. it. I have okay. an interest okay. in okay. it. All right. For me, it's more of an interest. It's okay. not a matter of... Yeah, I may be tired of how yeah, things you don't are like going. the situation. Yeah, I don't but... like the situation, but I'm interested in it, and I, my mentality on politics has changed a lot, even since the beginning, the inception of this podcast. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in the Taking L segment. Y'all will hear what that's all about. But my interest in politics have grown in mm. certain areas. I still have a whole lot of growing to do, so I'm not sitting here trying to take on a role as a politician, but I'm in that world. I'm in that field. So I'm not tired of it. Right. But what I will say is I think these two stories I want to actually mesh together, and I'll give you a few reasons why. But first off, let me tell you what those stories are. The first one, Rihanna has declined performing at halftime of the Super Bowl this season because she supports Kaepernick. I think that's self-explanatory. Right. Now, Amy Schumer also asked, I believe she was asked to be in a commercial, commercial to be yeah. a part of advertising. Anybody who watches the Super Bowl knows that Heavy the huge surrounding Super money on around advertising. that is advertising. Let's just be real here. That's just what it is. But she's also declined of being a part of or, so, or associating herself with any advertising that'll be played during the Super Bowl game. So she respectfully declined. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we have Eric Reed, who you all know, we've talked about heavily on this podcast. Right. Who called out Malcolm Jenkins, who is the co-founder of the NFL Players Coalition, has received millions of dollars, upwards of $80 million from NFL owners for social justice groups who are kind of having a clash right now. And they're having a feud. And quite frankly... Well, basically, not quite frankly. What happened was Eric Reed approached him before a game about being a sellout, and he confirmed the fact that he called him a sellout in the post-game press conference because, obviously, it was caught that they had somewhat of a confrontation. They had words. Now, I can sit here all day long because I'm full of takes, so it is what it is. I can sit here all day long and try to distinguish who was right and who was wrong as far as Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins were concerned. But I'm not going to do that, and I mean that in the most biased way possible. The reason why I'm not going to do that is because morally, although they're on two different ends of the spectrum, although their way of integrating themselves into athlete activists And although they both have a vision on what's going to work or what's not going to work or who should work with who or who shouldn't work with who as far as their journey is concerned to get to a place where they feel like we're receiving justice, although they don't align, I don't think that either one of them had ill intent in taking the journey that they decided to take as far as athlete activism is concerned. Right. I agree with that. Now. Where I think combining these two stories is important is Amy Schumer 
and where she lands in this fold amongst these four people, athletes, celebrities, entertainers, you right. name it. You know right. what it is. Yeah. Because Amy Schumer came out and she declined basically because she felt like the NFL and people who haven't supported Cop Colin Kaepernick and the fact that he doesn't have a job and the people who are not willing to open their ears and understand what Colin Kaepernick did was immoral. I felt like that was the most important part of the NFL politics that have happened and have taken place and have become headlines this week. I do too. I'm not against the two brothers. I'm not I don't want to sit here and dissect two brothers who I think have positive intentions. That might be misunderstanding or both passionate. And, I'm not yeah. here for that. Yeah. I'm not here for that. I understand why it's well, in the Schumer news. Was big. I understand that it's you a headline. It, do I agree yeah. with it? I think that was what should have been taken away from the NFL politics this week was what Schumer did. That's no knock to Rihanna. She said I respect that was the way Rihanna she felt like she can get way. her point across and where she felt like she can hold her weight to do something. And that's what she ran with. And I respect it. I respect it wholeheartedly. So I really want to sit here and really talk about and focus more so on what Amy Schumer did and what she decided to do because her pointing out that anybody who really isn't supporting Kaepernick has morality issues is kind of what I see things as. Now, I'm not saying that if you disagree with what Kaepernick did that you don't have valid reasoning for why you disagree. He should just that's have not, a job. That man should have I'm a job ex- in the NFL. Exactly. Period. I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have holes in his argument yeah, because no. we all do. Y'all keeping a black man deserving of being in the NFL out the NFL and for that reason alone she's standing her ground. I respect it. I love it. And so that's why I really wanted to sit here and focus on that and really explain why I didn't want to sit here and dissect Jenkins and read and the routes and the journeys that they're taking for what I ultimately see as the same end goal. Sure, I can agree with one more than the other. Sure, like I said, I have takes on that. But ultimately, I want to focus on, first and foremost, Amy Schumer as being a white woman and being able to come out and understand some of these societal issues. I also definitely want to pay major homage to Rihanna for doing the same. I understand why she did what she did, and I'm not trying to take away from her by highlighting Amy Schumer, who pretty much made the same decision as she did. But when I read Amy Schumer's statement that she posted on on Instagram, and she pointed out the reason that she's doing this has totally to do with morality than anything else, that made me wholeheartedly respect her. And like I've, I've said this before on the podcast, black people, we we have a better idea of what we're up against because we experience our experiences as black people. So we're linked together by that. We relate to each other by that. But Amy Schumer being a white woman and being able to recognize that is very important for us in the progression that we're trying to make because that breaks barriers that we may not have broken to this point because this has been a long fight. It also reaches people that we might not reach. It's, it goes it's to the breaking barriers. Yeah. Right, right. That breaks barriers that we might not have necessarily been able to break. And I think we've broken a whole hell of a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. So it's important for us to continue to play our role. But it's also important for us to recognize and acknowledge somebody like an Amy Schumer who may not deal with the same issues that we deal with, but morally understands where we're coming from and that this is an equality thing. This isn't a right or wrong. This isn't a debate. This is totally about morals. So I respect her and I think she needs to be highlighted in all of this instead of us dissecting two guys who I think have both done great work, in my opinion, and we've seen this in activism before. Tommy Smith and John Carlos, I think that's a great example. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary at San Jose State last year from when they put up the fist in the 1968 Olympics. Mm. Those two guys, if you read their autobiographies, um, there's been articles written It's been a rocky road over these last 50 years, even in between their relationship, because they face so much. They've dealt with so much oppression. There were certain reasons why one may have did it in comparison to the other. It hasn't been sweet 
all the way through and through. Facts. You even look at activists if I want to make things a bit more prominent. Michael, I mean, Michael, excuse me. Malcolm X did <laughs> not have the same approach that a Martin Luther King had when it came to trying to receive equality. The approaches weren't the same. Quite frankly, they clashed in a lot of ways. But that's not really the point. If we can sit and focus on that, but I feel like it's a waste of time in a lot of ways. Facts. I think both of those guys have a goal to see society become better. Both of those guys want to see equality. And they'll They're meet just in the middle not, at the end. I think they'll come around. For sure. For just sure. like Tommy Smith and John Carlos was able to come around and have an entire three or four day convention celebrating the 50th anniversary of them putting up a fist in 1968 Olympics. That's iconic. That's an iconic poster. That's an iconic moment, not just in this country, but in this entire world. So ultimately, when I see, I think that the alignment of the timing was great, that they were celebrating that 50th anniversary. And because of that, the history of their relationship have been brought up that things weren't always sweet. They didn't always see eye to eye. And we're looking at these two brothers who are trying to make a difference in a positive way for this society and this community, and they're kind of going through something similar. Sure, the situations were different, but I think what they're going through is very similar when it comes to their fight, their journey, and their experiences in the world of activism. So, Amy Schumer, salute to you. Rihanna, salute to you. Malcolm Jenkins, salute to you. Eric Reed, salute to you. I understand the differences a little bit. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and talk about who's right and who's wrong. Ultimately, it's all about morality. So, with that being said, we're going to transition into the last and final segment. Y'all know what time it is. We're getting ready to talk about who took some L's this week because... We gave y'all enough winning takes today. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast on NatCast Network. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. So, so, so we're back for the last and final segment of the podcast today. Oh, taking L's? Y'all know we was going to give it to y'all. Don't think we wasn't going to stop. Yeah, we had to cover some NBA, play a little catch-up, let y'all know my predictions, D-Boy predictions, and all that good stuff. Um, And, you know, we had to dig into the politics a little bit, too, of the NFL as well. But uh, we did not forget, we have the Taking L segment right now where we will be discussing who took a loss in society, in the world, in the culture this week. And I'm going to start it off with D-Boy because I know I got a little bit into that Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins and Rihanna and Amy Schumer and all that good stuff. So I want to dish it off to you right now. Who do you have taking an L this week? Well, this week on the Taking L segment on the Wake Up and Win podcast, Taking L stands for L.A. Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) This week only. And it hurts me to say that. For two reasons. One of the reasons being because the Los Angeles Lakers are my favorite team in basketball. It's been that way forever. Uh, Through the the good times, the bad times, Kobe's Kobe's being the goal. The whole nine, the whole shebang. You feel me? I still rock my crazy ace because. Did I say Kobe was the goal? That's why. You feel me? So, with that being said, it hurts me to. claim the LA Lakers as the taking L uh you know winner for this year I mean for this segment but also it hurts me because that's the second favorite team of mine that I've had to give a L to since this short run the Raiders took an L getting rid of Khalil Mack and that has proven to be an L and we just got rid of the Cuddy Coop too so it's really janky right now. So <laughs> we are an L. Those are the two reasons it hurt me because two of my favorite franchises and teams uh, have taken an L in the short four to five weeks that we've done this segment. So that's not good. But uh, my reason for picking the Lakers is because um, I did not project a 0-3 uh, beginning to the season. I do know they are new and just getting used to each other and the whole shebang. Uh, but I didn't foresee that. So... We're going 0-3, and then, as we spoke on earlier with the brawl between uh, Rondo and Chris Paul and everything, the fact that the Lakers got two players suspended uh, over the one, 
you know, that's another L for me. And then the fact that if somebody was wrong, we agreed that more people would steer to Brandon Ingram being wrong. So that's just a lot of L's in yeah, my opinion to be able to, you know, don't have put a that w together. Yet this like year. don't have a W yet and all of those other factors inclusive. Lakers, I know you're turning around, but you took a L this week. Ah, uh, yeah, I gotta say I agree. Thank you. L stands, right. L stands for LeBron too at this point. No, no LeBron <laughs> winning too much right now. This is a genuine. I thought I liked Kobe more, but he he proving me wrong as of late, man. Yeah, but no, yeah, no, LeBron, LeBron is LeBron's a G. LeBron's yeah, and yeah. in fact, thank you. In fact, even today, he's still he's still at it pretty much because. LeBron, for some of you guys that don't know, he signed to Clutch Sports, and this is just me kind of rambling yeah. off here, but okay. it's a side note about LeBron James. LeBron is signed to Clutch Sports. Um, that's his agency, and we all know LeBron is in a fight to innovate and change the world, especially when it comes to the world of sports. But because we all know the influence sports has on the world, if you can change things from within – it will reflect and it will definitely expand out to the rest of the world because the world, quite, quite frankly, loves sports. Now, where I think LeBron's a G, Jim Beheim, coach of Syracuse, he had a player named Darius Baisley who committed to play at Syracuse. Some of you may or may not know about the G League now being willing and yeah, able to, play, to pay select yeah. players. Well, Baisley just signed a deal with Clutch Sports, which is LeBron's agency that he signed to. And in that deal, he got a guaranteed $1 million endorsement with New Balance. <laughs> now, Jim Beheim came out. Jim Beheim came out and said LeBron did a, did a nice job helping his client. It is LeBron's client, right? Now, we all know it's illegal for a player in the NBA to have any clients, but with LeBron's influence in the game, with his influence on the world, and with him being a part of Clutch Sports, wow. Jim Beheim is shooting shots at LeBron, basically saying that it's you that's doing this and that's making this happening. Yep. And ultimately, yeah, that He's affects. Right. He's right. And that affects Jim Beheim's job. Now, I align with LeBron on what he's doing right now, but, yeah, if I'm a million, multi-million dollar coach in the NCAA and I got somebody trying to take that away from me and my family, right or wrong, I might feel some type of way too. Right. So I think that's right. where Jim Beheim stands. I don't align with him. But that's where he stands right now because he know LeBron is playing a huge part. LeBron's got the student athlete show that he's right. doing on yeah, no, it's HBO. All, it's, it's evident. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah. He's shooting at them too. So that was just something that I had to throw in there. But anywho, right, right. as far as taking nails is concerned, um, I'm going to dig into politics a little bit. I talked a little bit earlier about my growing interest in politics. I mean, this podcast here alone um, the goal since day one has to has been to come up with winning formulas when it comes to the intersectionality of sports, politics, and culture. Now, many of you know my sports background from playing to broadcasting. It's what I do. It's what I love. It's what I know. It's my passion. Um, if you hear about anything political on this podcast, more than likely it has to do with sports because I've experienced certain things. I can relate to a lot of these athletes, um, and and I just kind of know that world. That's that's the world that I grew up in and around, etc. But um, to personalize some things a bit, some of you may know I've been working with Street Roots um, since the beginning of the year. I've written articles and. We promoted him here on the podcast. Uh, I had Carl Wolfson did an article with him. Eton Thomas, former Washington Wizard, did an article with him. If you've been an avid listener to this podcast, I promoted it there. Um, still working with Street Roots. So Street Roots, you know, it, it's been a fun journey and a fun experience. But what Street Roots did, their most recent newspaper was um, it was pretty much surrounding the elections the upcoming midterm elections that are happening. Yeah. And Street Roots did an issue that was dedicated solely to the elections. Now, as far as the person that I have taken an L, it is Republican candidate Newt Bueller. Newt Bueller is the Republican candidate for the you governor. You sound like he an L. <laughs> Newt Bueller, you sound like a walking L. <laughs> Why he take it? Newt Bueller, he's, he's the Republican candidate right now here in the state of Oregon. 
Now, the reason why I have him taking an L, because obviously with me working with Street Roots and also writing with Street Roots, um, we released this issue surrounding the elections. And Street Roots does a questionnaire that they send out to all the candidates. Newt Bueller, of all the governor candidates, the gubernatorial candidates, if I want to turn this into uh, some political exclusive funniness. <laughs> all that good stuff. But anywho, Newt Bueller did not return the questionnaire. He never responded to Street Roots. Every other candidate res responded to Street Roots. But the worst part is anybody who knows what Street Roots is, the mission is to help homeless and impoverished people receive income by putting out a weekly newspaper. These homeless people get to go out and they sell the paper for a dollar a piece. They get to keep the tips and they only purchase the paper for 25 cent from street roots so they get to keep the 75 cent profit um they're trying to make an honest living and it's great journalism in my eyes and i've done some great journalism there too just right. to toot my sure. horn a bit but knowing the influence and the impact that this publication has on the homeless community and the fact that newt bueller has recently come out and talked about his plan and to helping fix homeless exactly oh. he's come out with a plan on fixing homelessness and he decides not to respond to street roots which is an advocacy advocacy publication for homeless people <laughs> call him laker Bueller. that's an l in my opinion that's a huge l in my opinion because you've come out with this plan as if you're going to fix things. Um, I can dig deeper into those politics, but I'm not going to. But you've come out with this plan. You don't respond to this newspaper. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's whether it was, crazy. listen, whether it was your fault and whether you were the person that made the call not to even respond to and just to it. ignore, exactly. You have a team. You're in an election right now, you're running a campaign. Somebody should have been able to get that to you if you didn't know that Street Roots reached out on multiple occasions. Some way, somehow, every other candidate knew. And every other candidate responded to the questionnaire, hey, quite frankly. Way to go, Newt. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, I know I'm localizing things a bit, but I got to give Newt Bueller an L this week solely because he didn't respond to my people at Street Roots. And I think the fashion and the way he went about it kind of showed a lot about him about what he stands for and it's it just pretty much showed another hole that he has in his campaign and we all know that the elections will be here november 6th so we're we're right around the corner i encourage you all to go vote as well um d-boy push yourself promote yourself let them know where to find you d-boy ltd that's d-b-o-i not a y ltd like living the dream uh, you can actually find me performing this Sunday at the Roseland Theater on the 28th. Uh, it's going to be a good show, a lot of fun, a lot of people, a lot of turn up. So uh, come check me out. As y'all know, I do music, uh, very background sports related. But uh, yeah, we in this, man. We in it to win. So that's Wait me. a minute. Wait a minute. Talk Wait to a me. minute. Talk to me. Before I sit and promote myself, Something I made clicked. a promise. I'm click. Yeah, it did. I made a promise. And, and when I tell people I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, some of y'all might remember uh, a few episodes back when I told you I met the lady when I had a random run in with you one of my childhood friends. Remember that? I had a random run in with one of my childhood friends. I met a lady. We went to dinner and not on a date, by the way, but it was a group situation. Right, we went to right. dinner and she um, basically asked me to speak about the Serena Williams situation. Yeah, She wanted me to talk about that, and I made a promise to her that I was going to talk about it. And we did. We did. We did. Now, I also got a DM yesterday, just yesterday, because you touched on it a little bit, but we're going to touch on it a little bit here right now, a little bit more. You and I, diehard Oakland Raider fans, Severiano Mendoza. Oh, Sev. I got a DM from Sev yesterday, and he said, listen, Raider fan, you got to talk about what's going on with our organization right now on the podcast. And I Ooh. made a promise to him that I'd do it as much as it pains me. 
as much as it hurts, as much as I don't like it, as much as I've been avoiding the Raiders because Lord knows if we was five and one instead of one and five or one and four, it don't even matter at this hey, point. Hey. I would be every podcast talking major about my Oakland Raiders right now. But I've been quiet. Hey, Sam. I've been quiet. Hey, Sam, <laughs> guess what? You know what happened when a house burned down? You got to rebuild it. <laughs> That's what we going to say for the Raiders. The house burnt down, and we got to oh, rebuild, Caddy. Man. That's what's going on. That's it. That is all. Thank you. Podcast over with. Podcast <laughs> over with. I was going to go into a whole analysis behind it. Next I'm week. done. I get it. You said it. I couldn't have said it no better. Follow me, Pounce underscore. <laughs> Pounce underscore station. Thank you. <laughs> Everywhere. Thank you. I know. Twitter, Instagram. Just search my name, Devon Pouncey. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast on Netcast Network. We're going to leave y'all the only way we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> 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 <laughs>